to episode 92 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal. I am also known as Patsy the Angry Nerd. I'm very excited for this week's show. Uh, even more so than usual. Joining me, as always, is the giggliest co-host that anyone's ever seen or heard, depending on if you've never met Agent Nicole, the Ironborn Goddess of Giggles. In person, how are you today? I am okay. I'm just okay. I'm excited. But, oh, like, good. normally, like, today, I just feel okay. And, of course, we are also joined by the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the master of disaster. <laughs> what? Ashes von Nightmare. Master of disaster. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Well, when we do our Rocky episode, you'll know. Okay. I'm actually sober for this episode. I want to make sure that my my game is on point. All right. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a pretty big episode to be sober for. So I'm very excited for this yes. episode. And uh, as always, the hardest working man in podcasting. He, uh, he's tied for handsomest man in this room right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Wolfenstein. I want to recount. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, good to be here again, as always, and uh, looking forward to the show. Awesome. Mike Price, didn't he used to play for the Cavaliers, number 25? I, I think so. <laughs> that sounds about right. No, it was actually Mark Price. Mark Price, Mike. And it depends on how you pronounce it. I mean, if you have a very thick accent, like if you're an Estonian dwarf, that's a best diddly reference. It's also a Simpsons reference, for those of you who don't know. How many more can you fit in? How many more can I fit in? How much? How how much time do you got? <laughs> yeah. I got, I got I well, got, you got about two minutes here, Patrick. <laughs> so, two minute warning. So, what we're going to be doing today? We're going to be talking Krusty the Clown, not to be confused with uh, Crunchy the Clown, who made a brief appearance only once on uh, the Camp Krusty episode, where. The kids at Camp Krusty were demanding that Krusty the Clown show up. And so finally, Mr. Black, the evil, evil ruler of Camp Krusty, who took over in Krusty's absence. Absence. <laughs> abstinence. Yes, his abstinence. Someone's trying. That is not something that Krusty knows too much about. Took over in his absence <laughs> and brought Barney Gumble onto the stage. And Bart says, that's not Krusty. And and because uh, Mr. Black had said Krusty has a bad back and laryngitis, so he won't be saying anything or doing anything. And you can tell that this is not Krusty the Clown. And Bart says, that's not Krusty. And Mr. Black says, what do you think I did? Just slap a clown suit on some wino? And then Barney says, yeah, Bart, I am so crunchy the clown. And that's when everyone riots. Um, yeah, it's it's just a phenomenal character i'm really glad we're able to uh to talk about him today because there's a lot i have a couple of theories 60 second warning till the guest is available all right i have uh, a couple of theories a couple of theories about crusty at least one and uh we're gonna ask our guests if uh if uh if i'm right or not i'm hoping i'm right because you know, you I, always I've, hope you're right. Well, I've done you a lot. I think you're right. I, I've done a lot of. Uh, I really hope I'm wrong this time, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've done a lot of uh, research on The Simpsons after watching it for so many decades. You know, when I wasn't supposed to, and when I was supposed to, and most of the time I wasn't supposed to. But you know, I think that uh, getting a chance to to talk with people is going to be an amazing thing. So it looks like our guest is just about here. So I am going to go ahead and I am going to introduce him. So here we go. And today we have a very special guest. The Nymets are his favorite squadron. He is the co-creator of the Netflix original series F is for Family, seasons one and two streaming now. Wrote for Ah Real Monsters, The PJs, Lego Star Wars Yoda Chronicles, and Droid Tales, 
F is for family, of course, with Bill Burr, Laura Dern, Justin Long, and Sam Rockwell. And, of course, The Simpsons. Ladies and gentlemen, multiple Emmy Award winner, Michael Price. Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us this evening. Hey, guys. So happy to be with you. So what we like to do on our show is uh, anytime we have a first-time guest, we like to ask them a couple of questions just to kind of get to know them a little bit. And uh, these aren't necessarily uh, related to what you do or what we're here to talk about, but there are a couple of questions that I needed to ask you because um, I'm very curious about this myself. And sure. uh, one of the questions I need to ask is uh, a question that I also asked of... Uh, a couple of uh, your friends, uh, Miles and Richie, of the Best Darn Diddly podcast, because uh, we yes. had we had them as a guest, uh, and you were just a guest this week on part one of uh, Seymour Skinner's uh, badass song. Yes, indeed. And part two will be dropping next week. So the question I have for you, sir, is aside from Marge Simpson, who is the most attractive woman in Springfield? Ah, aside from Marge Simpson, the most attractive, I'd probably say Miss Springfield, Mayor Quimby's girlfriend, Miss Springfield. She was named Miss Springfield, after all. That's true. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) And she won that completely on her own with no help from uh, anyone in position of political power or anything like that. She... Completely on her own merits. Completely on her own, yes. (laughs) Uh, if you could write for any film franchise, what would it be? Boy, if I could write for any film franchise, what would it be? Well, I feel like I've already written for Star Wars. So I've done a bunch of Star Wars things, so I won't say that. Um, boy, I guess it might be Indiana Jones because I love Indiana Jones. I love him. Uh, the first two movies, the first movie, great. Second movie has really great stuff. <laughs> Third movie, a uh, lot of good stuff in it. Better than the third than the second one. The fourth one. Uh, I, I just read they're ready, getting ready to start filming Indiana Jones 5 uh, next month. So I'm interested to see what that was all about and how we get along with, uh, you know, an 80-year-old Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we as, will see. as much as I didn't like the fourth one, I will see the fifth one because Indiana Jones. Absolutely. I I mean, I'm going to this is going to uh, give it give away a little bit of how old I am. But I went to see the very first one uh, when I was a younger, younger guy. And I went with my brother, and I believe it was sort of kind of like a sneak preview. Like, nobody knew what it was about. This was back in 1981 when there wasn't the kind of, uh, you know, pre-movie coming out media that there is now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a new movie from George Lucas or Steven Spielberg or something like that. And and was like, let's go see it. And we were completely, of course, you know, bowled over by it. So I'll never forget that night seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time. Yeah, uh, so it's great. I love them all. Excellent. And even even they talk about nuking the fridge. That was the best thing of the. Of, <laughs> that was the best part of it. The rest of it, uh, but I mean, I love nuking the fridge. That's indie. That's that's what happens in those movies. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much his character in in a microcosm. Exactly. Now, um, I have a couple more quick questions, and I want to get right sure. into. But I have you on the line. I got to ask. Uh, what is your favorite Simpsons moment or your favorite joke? Doesn't necessarily have to be something you've written. Uh, right, probably wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, no, we're all humble, you know. We we all think that what we do is is okay, but like you know, um, boy, my favorite Simpsons moment. There's so many that spring to mind. My favorite episode is the one with Poochie, Itchy and Scratchy, and Poochie. Oh yes. <laughs> So, so then probably my favorite moment would have to be from my favorite episode, and it is probably the moment at the end of the episode where you believe that Homer is about to make a big speech about the integrity of his character and everything like that, and then they just pull the frame out of, <laughs> out of the thing saying, Poochie died on the way to his home to his home planet. That's probably the funniest moment of any Simpsons episode for me, and, and it always kills me every time. Oh, yeah, that's it's, great. That's it. You look like you have something to say. Do you? I certainly do. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so perfect. So perfect the way they dub in his voice with uh, Roger Myers uh, Jr. there. And then they pull the way you literally see the cell 
pulled out of the frame. Yeah, they don't even bother animating him away. They just pulled no, the cell away. It's just so great. It's so great in every way. Well, oh, that's that it. Is, is a, an excellent moment. Uh, all right. Uh, last question uh, as far as this. How did you get into uh, writing for different uh, TV shows, especially The Simpsons? And follow-up, are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's no there's no hiring going on right now, but um, I will say it's a very very long story, but I'll, I'll try to make it as quickly as possible. Uh, I I came out here to Los Angeles. I, I'm from New Jersey. Um, I was a total TV kid, loving TV, and didn't quite know what that meant or how you could do anything about it. But cut to much later, I got involved in doing improv uh, comedy, and that brought me out here to Los Angeles, where I started to get a little bit of work as a writer. Um, and um, the way I got on The Simpsons was because I got my very first job working on a sitcom after working on some other things, some animated shows like Real Monsters, which you mentioned, um, was on a show that was called Homeboys in Outer Space that was on the UPN network back in the mid-90s. And um, it's a show that uh, even to this day is kind of like a punchline of like, bad show you know like if you want to say well it's no homeboys in outer space whatever it, it, it was it was not critically uh, received very well it only lasted one season but we had a lot of fun working on it and working on that show along with myself my very first job were two guys from the simpsons al Jean and mike reese oh, who yeah. uh, were working at disney at the time that show was produced at disney they were working on disney creating other shows and so i got to know them from that and then I worked with them on a couple other things. They hired me on a show they did the next year that was called Teen Angel. And then I worked with them on a couple other things. So fast forward a couple years later, uh, they went back to The Simpsons. Al is now the head writer of The Simpsons again. And a job comes open and he calls me and says, would you like to come to The Simpsons? So that's how. Uh, so if it wasn't for Homeboys in Outer Space, I would not be on The Simpsons today. <laughs> so. I mean, that's a, a roundabout path of getting there. But yeah, I mean, that that works out well, well you never know you never know in life or in any business any career you choose like we're a choice or you know a choice that you make or it wasn't even a choice i made i was so happy to get this job i wasn't like oh, i think i'll take that job <laughs> i was like wow a job so uh you know you never know where a thing like that you know seemingly random thing like that will, will lead and that's where it led me so i'm very very grateful to homeboys in outer space <laughs> all right um well, thank you for answering our question. So we're going to dive in to our our uh, character of the week that you actually chose, and that is, of course, Herschel Schmoikel Pinchus Yerasham Krastovsky, uh, better known as Krusty the Clown. Yes. Now, why did you choose this particular character? Well, uh, you know, people always ask. It's one thing you get when you're a Simpsons writer. You, you get a lot of you get asked a lot of questions. Mostly, some of them are like, "That show is still on." You go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you go, "Yeah, yeah, we're still on. We're still making shows." Um, but anyway, uh, what you also get is they go like, "Oh, do you write for a particular character?" And the answer to that is no. Like we all write for everybody, but there are certain characters that I think that we, you know, like. Have have joy enjoy writing for more than others. So, everybody loves Homer, of course. Everybody loves the main the main family, uh, and everybody loves Mo. All the writers love writing for Mo because he's so twisted and dark and you know horrible and pathetic and sad. <laughs> but um, uh, but for me particularly, I love Krusty because, like I said before, you know, growing up as a kid, I was completely into watching old uh, TV shows and old cartoons and old movies. I grew up in the New York area uh, in a pre-cable time when there were like five channels on TV and um, there were the three network channels and the, there were two or three like independent channels and all they showed was old movies. And I, I got really into like really old movies, like uh, old comedy, especially like the uh, Abbott and Costello and, and uh, the Marx brothers and WC fields and old TV shows like the honeymooners and even older, like variety type guys like uh, Milton Berle and Phil Silvers. And I just became like just a huge whatever you want to call it, fan, you know, student, just loving of, of the old-time showbiz like that. So that's that's crusty to me, you know. I mean, he's based on, like, kid shows that really aren't don't exist anymore, like Bozo, and, you know, every town had had its own, you know, kind of crusty guy who would show cartoons and, and entertain the kids. 
And uh, anyway, I, I just, but for me, Krusty is just the epitome, the embodiment of all that old time, terrible, but you still love them, hacky, bad stand up, you know, sketch comedy that I just, I just love to this day. Like I'll, I'll come across like old stuff on TV or on, um, like for instance, on my Roku, I just realized that uh, Amazon is now showing all the original episodes of Ronan Martin's Laughing. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, it's great. I mean, I barely remember it when I was a little kid, but um, it's so great and so funny. And it's full of all these old timers, like the young, the people who are now old, who were young back then, like Lily Tomlin and Goldie Hawn. But, but it, they had all kind of old timers on there, like all the old guys, Bob Hope and Milton Burrow. And, uh, you know, I just loved all that stuff. So that's why I love Krusty. Perfect. Now, see, I I look at Krusty and there's, there's something that uh, I read about and perhaps you can, you know, either lend credence or debunk this, um, that Krusty was originally designed as a, an alter ego for Homer to kind of represent the the dichotomy of his rep, uh, relationship with Bart, where Bart idolizes Krusty and will do anything for him, but has zero respect for his father, you know, <laughs> evidenced by the fact that he calls yeah. him Homer. I'd say that's very, very true. I mean, I wasn't around at the beginning of the show. I've only I've only been here, only been here for 16 years. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I believe that's true. That's what Matt Groening has said, and uh, and it, it's absolutely true. If you, uh, in fact, I'm going to pl- do a little bit of plugging right now. Uh, Go for one it. reason why I wanted to talk about Krusty is that I have an episode that I wrote, my latest episode that I wrote, which is going to be on Easter Sunday. April 1st, so after you've had your, you know, your ham and your uh, jelly beans and everything, uh, there's an episode that's called uh, Fears of a Clown that I wrote that it's about Krusty. It's a big Krusty episode, and uh, we see in one, for about half of the episode, I believe, you see Krusty without his makeup. Uh, it's the story, I don't want to get too far into the story, but it's about him temporarily, as everything happens in the show, because everything gets back to normal by the end temporarily uh, abandoning or being forced to abandon his uh, clown career, his TV clown career, and becoming a serious actor. So uh, he takes his makeup off. And when he has his makeup off, he, ju- he does look, except for the green, you know, the green hair, he looks exactly like Homer. So, yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that's a brilliant idea that Mac had, which is that, yeah, Homer is this guy that Bart, you know, doesn't uh, respect at all, but then his total idol is a guy who looks exactly like him. Right. It's, it's brilliant. Well, it's it's uh, you know something that I was I was listening to the Best Darn Diddley show earlier today, and you know I think it was Miles that brought up that you know Bart was originally supposed to be the focal point of the show, but Dan Castellaneta does such a great job with Homer, and that character is just uh, evolved into you know the the show has to revolve around him. Yeah, I think again, like I wasn't around for the beginning, but I believe that what happened was that you know Bart became this giant sensation if if you remember at all or you may not be old enough to remember when the show first came out but it was like bart mania and all the t-shirts and there were like official t-shirts but there were tons and tons of bootleg t-shirts with pictures of bart on them and there were like there was like black version of bart and you know like rastaman version of bart you know so um and I think what did happen was that I think the, the writers, when they started having to do like 22, they're getting into like dozens of episodes that I think Homer, because he's the father and, and yeah, and, and, and Nancy does an amazing job with Bart, but I think they just found that there was a lot more that they could do with Homer and uh, that Bart was somewhat limited in the fact that he was a 10 year old kid and, you know, in fourth grade. So, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's true that I'd say that uh, you know Homer's Homer is the center of the show, for sure. Now I am I am old enough to remember the early beginnings of the show. I was old enough where I was not allowed to watch the show, but my <laughs> bedroom was on the second floor, and I had a twelve-inch black and white Zenith TV, and I would turn it down low, and I remember not only being enthralled with The Simpsons, partly because I wasn't allowed to watch it but partly because it was part of that nice Thursday night lineup and then seeing everybody in Herman's head and seeing Yardley Smith. And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute, that's Lisa Simpson. Like that's her real voice. And like, it really throws you off when you see the, the person behind the voice. And, you know, of course, Hank Azaria was on that show as well. He was, that's right. Um, Yeah, that's great. Herman's head. Wow. That's a, that's a deep cut. 
That was a great show. I really liked that show a lot. And then, yeah, those, those, those early Fox comedies were great. And yeah, they, I was gonna say they they cross that over now and then because there was the uh, the episode where Lisa is uh, trains the is a hamster smarter than my brother episode, and she's uh, imagining Bart uh, Bart's head on a hamster's body stuck in the maze, and she's laughing, and Marge's like, "What are you laughing about?" She, goes, oh, just thinking about a joke I saw on Herman's head. It's like <laughs> the most meta of meta jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know, uh, Ashes, you have a couple of questions as well that you would like to ask. Well, I do. Um, so when you are writing for a specific character, let's say Krusty, you know, seeing as that's who we were talking about today, um, do you work with Dan Castellaneta to write this character, or can you kind of hear his voice in your head as you're writing it? That's a great question. You know, uh, well, Dan is wonderful. First of all, Dan is one of the greatest guys of all time. He's such a nice Nice, wonderful, amazing guy. Super talented and really great. And, you know, for the past couple of seasons, he's come on as a consulting producer, which means that he works in the writer's room with us one day a week. So uh, it's great. So when he's there, uh, he's super funny. And plus he's also there. And we get to sort of bounce. Like if we do crusty stuff, then he'll he'll say it like crusty. You know, it's like, oh, that's great. But um, but for the most part, with, with all the characters, we don't, we're not working with the actors like hand in hand like that all the time. So we, we sort of have to um, sort of channel them as we're writing. And, and, you know, for the, for the most part, the writer's job on this show is not spent, you know, alone at, at home at either with your uh, computer, like writing the script. You're mostly spent in the room with the other writers, you know, pitching and, you know, playing off each other and building something together, you know, by just sort of throwing out stuff and throwing out lines. So, um, and that's sort of where my, uh, training, initial training as an actor and then as an improv actor comes in handy because, uh, we like to, it helps when we're pitching the lines. Cause what happens is like, we'll, we'll be at a, we'll be at a spot, a spot in the script where the head writer will say, okay, we need a new, we need a new crusty line here. So, um, what we do is you don't, you don't say like, how about this? You just say it you just say what your pitch is and it helps to say it for me. It helps to sort of say it in, in the voice. So like for, for that 15 minutes or so, like everybody will be doing crusty, you know, various, oh, various bad so versions fun. of crusty, you know, so it's all like, Hey, hey kids, what are you doing? You know, everyone's doing, crusty, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and when the, the days when uh, Dan is there, he's doing it for real, you know, so his jokes tend to get in better because he's doing a better version of Krusty. Yeah. Then we move on to Marge and then we're all, we're all talking like this, you know, so it's, all, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Cause we're all, we're all doing the voices because part of what the, when you're writing in that way, you're almost like an actor where for that moment of your, cause you want to think in the, you want to think like the character thinks and sort of pitch a line that works for the character. And it helps, uh, helps me at least. Uh, and most of us do it that way. We'll, we'll pitch, we'll pitch in some, version of the voice that's phenomenal that's such a good story um now agent nicole has only just started recently getting into the simpsons uh i don't want to say but she said she's more of a futurama fan and i said great show great show there's no futurama without the simpsons but it was funny is i looked to see when the, the simpsons started and I was only like five months old when it began. <laughs> you have an excuse. So she's she's younger, but yeah, I wanted yeah. to get her kind of in the mood and I had her watch uh I was trying to come up with some really good episodes and so I did direct her towards Krusty's comeback special. Uh-huh. Great. Because she's uh like you, she likes you know the older stuff, like, you know, she's a big big fan of older movies like Hitchcock and stuff so I was like alright well you've got you've got Elizabeth Taylor who starred in some classic films in this show you know you've got you know Bette Midler mm-hmm. right so Agent Nicole when you saw Krusty like and you saw how he was you know stuff like you know, oh I hope you manage your money better this time here's your ruby studded clown nose that one made me laugh <laughs> When I when I got the impression of Krusty, like I've seen, like for someone who isn't a Simpsons fan, like I for me, I've always seen it Homer and Krusty, and when I was 
watching the episode, I was like, okay, Cressy's like that uncle in that family that's kind of like the black sheep. Like, your mom doesn't want you hanging out with him, but you can't stop going to him and listening to his stories, and he's smoking, and he's drinking, like, um, some really crap beer, and, like, he, he's just like that uncle that you shouldn't be talking yes, to. Yes, I was drinking gasoline, yeah, mother. Like, <laughs> and so I was, like, really drawn to him, and I was like, wait a minute, this guy's a creep. But he's really funny. <laughs> it's true. And it's all true. I'm like, for me, I think just the limited exposure to Krusty, I like, I'm really drawn to him. And I just would like to see more of Krusty as I, like, I'm going to start watching The Simpsons because it's such a huge impact in pop culture and today and everything. But I was just like, he's not that weird uncle that you shouldn't be hanging out with, but you can't like, you're so drawn to him that you just like, I know this is bad, but it's so good. Right. He's so raunchy, but he's so endearing at the same yeah. time. It's like, I well, have an so, uncle just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. He's very sad. I mean, he's, he's a lonely man. You know, he's been married a couple of times and we make jokes about his various divorces, you know, and he has a daughter that he that we've mentioned every once in a while who was seen uh, most recently last season. She showed up. Um, oh, Sophie. And, but he's, but he's like a very, like he's, I mean, that's why I think that for, for someone who works in show business, he, it's fun to sort of project all these qualities that you find here on him, which is like neediness and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and pessimism and, and like, you know, desperately wants to be loved, but you know, it's, is lazy and you know he's just everything he's, he's a terrible terrible person but you but you always you know what's great about the way i think the way that dan plays him and the way they the way the animators draw him is that you you find that he's human he's got a human heart underneath and that he's he's got something going on you know and i think that's sort of in the episode that we're, that's coming up in a week or two you'll see that uh hopefully you'll see that we play on that a little bit too and and yeah he's you know he's 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 redeemable yeah, this that episode is going to air because uh, this episode airs on March 29th, so that'll air the following Sunday. So we'll see that in a couple of days. Yes, April first, Sunday, April first, day before yes. my birthday. Oh, very exciting! Very good. Uh, so I know you uh, you're a bit pressed for time, but so I just want to get a couple more things in with you. Sure. Um, do you have a favorite crusty moment? Hmm. I, I, there's one I can think of. I was thinking about it the other day where, uh, it's not even, it's not even dealing with his, um, his show business career. There's an episode from several years ago where he, he ran for Congress. He was a Congressman briefly. (laughs) So, uh, and he goes to Washington DC and in the story he goes there with, with, uh, like he's gets excited about like, he's going to make a difference. And then, of course, he finds out the way that things work there in Washington is, is, is disillusioning. Uh, so, uh, but he, when he first shows up and he's all excited, I'll do my bad. I hope Dan isn't listening, but I'll do my bad crusty voice where he goes, uh, he goes, um, he goes it's just like, I'm excited to be here. He goes, I'm illusioned and enchanted with Washington. <laughs> so, I just love that. And the way Dan does it is great. I mean, there's so many. There's so many crusty moments that I could say that. It's almost hard to think of one right now, but they're the earlier ones too. Like, it's just he's just so great. I mean, one of the best crusty episodes is the one with Bart, where um, uh, where Bart becomes his sidekick, and you know, the I didn't do it, kid. And, and there's just there's just so many. There's just so so many. I love when he sings. I wrote I wrote one where he sang. Um, it was a sideshow Bob episode I wrote that was on about ten years ago, where sideshow Bob faked his death. In order to uh, trap Bart, have Bart implicated as murdering him. So then there was doing Pagliacci. No, it was before. Different one. No, wait. It was um, the Pagliacci one was was before that, uh, I believe, where uh, Sideshow Bob came back uh, and he was in this disguise, and then he trapped them in this weird rib house, and then it looked like he died of a heart attack. And then, and then on, then Bart was put on trial for causing his death by, by withholding, uh, the life-saving heart medicine that he needed. And so then they had a big funeral for him. And then it turned out that he had faked his death. It was all a big plot to get, to get Bart killed again. But, um, and it was all centered around his feet. 
just like his first right. plot it was about his feet about like the they, they made the they made the casket to fit his feet and they were like why would you care about his comfort if he was dead that's right that was lisa's big clue <laughs> but anyway um but we had we had a thing where it was the big funeral for big funeral for Sideshow Bob, and we had Krusty sing um, our version of the, the song that Elton John sang at Princess Diana's funeral. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, Elton John song. candle in the so, wind. Really great. Yeah, it was all about farewell, Sideshow Bob. So uh, that was great, and, and Dan did an amazing job singing that song. See, I think one of my favorite moments might be you know in the 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 Rory B Bellows episode, uh, Bart the Fink. When and he's like, if it makes you feel any better, Krusty, you can punch me in the face. And he kind of like braces for it, and the, the the camera pans back, and you see Krusty like his fist shaking, like he's ready to do it. <laughs> I tried to drink a coke on the bus, and they took away my pass. <laughs> There's another one where um, I forget which episode it is, but I know I remember working on it. It's from about like twelve or fourteen seasons ago, where Bart comes to see Krusty. And Krusty mistakes Bart. Like the, I love that Krusty always forgets who Bart is. He always forgets that he knows Bart. Uh, so he thought that Bart was a kid who was who was dying. Uh, and oh, he goes, yeah. oh, there's that kid. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, keep fighting, kid. You're going to beat this, whatever. And he goes, I'm not dying. He goes, yeah, that's the spirit. That's it. That's it. And then he gives him a hat. And he says, yeah, yeah, here's a hat. He goes, just tell your mother to give it back to me after, uh, after you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really horrible. It's really horrible. Well, going back to uh, the one you mentioned when uh, with Bart's sidekick, and he's like, who are you? I'm Bart Simpson. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, I reunited <laughs> you with your strange father. I, did, I, I saved your career. Well, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I got you this Danish, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love Krusty. So, you know, there was a – I wasn't around again. Again, I wasn't around for this, but – Apparently, back in the early days of the show, there was a there was a plan, or at least they thought about making like a live action Krusty show starring Dan as Krusty, where it would have been like the actual show, like the Krusty the Clown oh. show. But uh, for whatever reason, it didn't go forward. So, but uh, yeah, he's great. I mean, I mean, probably would have killed Dan's voice because it, it really rips his voice up to do the. I imagine. Krusty, and when we're when we're directing him, uh, often like he'll do Krusty at the very end of the session because it ruins his voice. Well, he does, you know, like Harry Shearer and and um, Hank Azaria. He does so many different characters with such varied voices. Like if you've been watching the show for three decades, like you know, I have, like you can kind of pick out, like okay, I can tell that's Dan, I can tell that's Hank. But I mean, you know, you go from Barney to grandpa to crusty like those are very different voices and you have to manipulate yeah. yourself like- he's incredible i mean they're all great they're all great but uh, it's amazing to see them and dan because dan plays so many major characters mm-hmm. uh like for instance there's an episode coming up that we're going to be doing a a, a read through uh of this week that i wrote that is a big uh grandpa episode and um and so at the table read, there's a bunch of scenes between uh, Homer and Grandpa where they're talking to each other, and it's literally just Dan talking to himself. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but he, he's incredible. He's incredible. It's amazing to see. I mean, I've been here for such a long time now, but I never get tired of seeing these, these actors and how they can just move through these characters like that, switch back and forth. It's, yeah. it's incredible. I would, I would, I would love to see that. Like, you know, even just like seeing some of these like inside the actor studio things. You know that they've done yeah. like as as a as a big ensemble, and like seeing people go back and forth, or even I, th- I think it was like Conan O'Brien or something. I, I'm pretty sure it was Conan because of his connection with the show, where he had Harry and and Dan on. Yes, and they were on Conan. That's right. <laughs> he was Homer was being uh, they just riffing back and forth. Homer was being examined by Doctor Hibbert, and he's like, "Take your pants off." He's like, "I already did. My legs are blue." Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing it's it's and they're so great and they've been doing it now for just about 30 you know 30 plus years you know some of them like dan the first the first simpsons short on tracy ullman came out in 1987 so i mean dan's been homer simpson for for 30 plus years now but uh they never it never gets old and they make it fresh every time so uh i feel very lucky to work with them well i, I know you have to get going because you're uh you know you're a very busy guy. 
Um, but if you want to plug anything before you go, uh, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I've been looking forward to this ever since you agreed to come on. Like this has been uh, a uh, uh, no word of hyperbole. Like this is one of the coolest things I've ever done. And anytime uh, you well, want to come back. So much. We would love to have you back. Like I told you earlier, like I could talk sure. Simpson six or seven hours straight. We won't sure. keep well, you that uh, long. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe a little later this year, uh, uh, Up is for Family. I'll do, might get my plugs in now. Up is for Family, uh, which I co-created with the amazing Bill Burr, is on Netflix right now. Uh, two seasons are on Netflix at this time, and we're writing and producing season three, which will likely come out sometime towards the end of this year. So maybe uh, I can come back on around then when we're about ready to put out season three to talk about that a little bit and Absolutely. whatever else Absolutely. you want to talk about. Uh, and then Simpsons keeps going strong. So the episode that I wrote, uh, there's a great episode on this Sunday. Uh, and then uh, next Sunday will be the uh, the first is going to be the episode I just talked about with uh, Krusty. And, um, and like that. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much. And... Uh... You know, obviously, sure. if folks want to follow you on Twitter, you are uh, at Mike Price in L.A. Yes. And Very embarrassing Twitter handle that I created, like, whenever that was in 2008 or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had thought, it, thought about it a little bit more. But, uh, yes, and there's also an Ephesus for Family uh, writer's account, which is uh, it's F-I-F-F Netflix. And on that, we put up pictures of, uh, if you're a fan of the show, we put up pictures of the uh, – the uh, animation as it's coming in and like behind the scenes sh- shots for the writers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Or say, um, F is for family is freaking hilarious. By the way, uh, Patrick and I are absolutely loving the show and we can't wait for the third season. So oh, I just want to let you know that it's, it's yeah, brilliant. We're so excited about it. We're really excited about the season and you know, it takes a long time to make. So we're sort of sitting on this, all these happy surprises that we think everyone's going to have. And so we're, 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 we're so excited for it to eventually come out at the end of the year. And and some of the, the interactions before we let you go, the, some of the interactions, like the end of, I think it was episode two where Justin Long is, is yelling. He's like, I'm trying to sleep. And and Bill Burr's just like, then shut the fuck up and close your eyes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's such a great, it's so good. That. that coming up this year. It'll be a lot of yelling and threatening to put through walls, and but you know, a little bit of a little bit of uh, sentimentality and, and love thrown in there, but a lot of crazy stuff too. So yeah, uh, it's we're excited about the new season. Like really excited about it. All right. Well, we'll let you go. You can get okay. back to uh, back to work. Thank you so yes, much. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. And you. Uh, have yourself a great evening. You too. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hang up. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Richie the Whiz Kid from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring Baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life. Tacos, beer, and movies. 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> And we are back. Oh, how cool was that? That was fucking awesome. Um, I just want to, again, I know I've mentioned them a couple times, but Miles and Richie at Best Darn Diddly, if it wasn't for them and them coming on this show, I never would have gotten in touch with Mike Price and I never would have, you know, gotten the chance. You're like fanboying. No, like you don't understand. Like The Simpsons is like my whole childhood. Like. I told you I wasn't. So you allowed don't understand. Like when Patrick and I first started dating, he asked me. He's like, "Oh, are you a fan of The Simpsons?" And I was like, "I don't know. I call myself a fan, like a like a casual fan. I mean, I, I was aware of The Simpsons. I'd seen a couple of episodes. I thought it was funny, um, but I was never really like invested in it. And yeah, so I had to watch all of. Pretty much all of it, yeah. <laughs> He was like, you're going to sit down and you're going to watch it and you're not going to sleep until you finished all of the seasons of The Simpsons. No, he wasn't <laughs> like that. But we did. We did watch all of the seasons. And at this time, like they had started coming out with the seasons on, on DVD. Yeah. So, you know, we were able to, to follow the progression and stuff. And with The Simpsons being on like Hulu, mm-hmm. um, I think they're on something like one of the other streaming services. They're on, um, they're on FXX. Uh, if you oh, have yeah, the FX, FXX FX, app. FX <laughs> has their own app because FX plays, you know, does the every Simpsons ever. And, and yeah, you were trying to give me that information. After, after uh, when they first got the contract, what they did was they played every single episode, like from episode one all the way through to everything that they had. So like 28 seasons or so. And now they play, you know, obviously it's a division of Fox and Fox has uh, this show, you know, uh, The Simpsons. But if you have any type of cable service, you can download to your computer, your tablet, your smart TV, the FX Now app, which has all of their shows, including every Simpsons through uh, season 20. They're on season 29 now. Oh, my God. But it's it's. um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's an excellent app. So, and it gives you the popularity of you know it'll show you the season. Like it'll say season twenty eight, and there's like a little bar graph, and each one of the bars represents an episode. And the taller the bar, the more popular the episode. You know, so I would recommend doing that. Now, as far as F is for family, we just started watching that. Because it's like, all right, I, I don't want to have this this guy come on and me not be able to talk intelligently about his show because I don't know it. Because uh, obviously I watched Ah, Real Monsters. Ah, Real Monsters. Ickis and Crumb and the one that looked like Oblina. a candy cane. Yeah, she looked like a candy cane. Um, And then obviously I watched, uh, you know, the PJs. I remember a joke from that. It was a that was a, a short-lived show on Fox. It was Claymation starring Eddie Murphy, and I remember a joke. He was a superintendent in the projects, hence the name. And he uh, he had one of his tenants was a voodoo priestess, and she's like, "My toilet's all backed up," and he's like, "Why? What did you do to it?" Like you know, because apparently she had done this repeatedly, and she's like, "Oh, I flushed a goat head wrapped in paper towels," and he's like, "I told you not to flush paper towels down the toilet," you know, completely ignoring the goat head part. But oh, I should have asked him if that was one of his jokes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's so I'm still kind of like in awe of, of having him on. Like, we've had some cool guests on, you know, having having Corando on, having uh, Samantha Newark on, you know, it's awesome, you know, and, and anybody who wants to take time out of their day to come hang out with us and, you know, talk different characters, we greatly appreciate. But, 
you know, it's so cool having this guy who's, you know, usually you don't have a show that grows along with you. I mean, because most shows, I would say the majority of TV shows are not on for 30 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have stuff that you can look back on, like even Futurama. Futurama went 10 years, but it was canceled twice. It had to keep getting picked up by other channels uh, after Fox got rid of it. So, you know, even that is, is, it's tough. It's tough because... You know, you get something that I'm not even making sense at this point. Well, it seems like the reason why it's gone for so long is they keep the material fresh. They're always working around what's going on in today's society. So, like, people who, like you, have seen it since day one, or someone who might not be into it yet, could get into it now and understand some of the reference. And that's usually, that's, that's you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you not, know, and I feel like that's how, you know, they're going to get people to continue to watch it. Like they, they just they attack like a certain topic and like everyone it's kind of like universal. Like, you know, everybody can kind of understand the joke. Like I, I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say. Like I get what you're saying. And yeah, it grows along with you. Yeah. Right. And not only that, you know, um, they've somehow managed to evolve the characters while keeping the characters the same. Yeah. You know, so Homer is still Homer. You know, when you think of Homer Simpson, you think of kind of like this lovable oaf of a person who, you know, part man-child, part, you know, loving husband, part devoted father, part screw up yeah um you know and and that has followed him like that's who he is but you know the character has also evolved in such a way to reflect the times you know and they put a lot of current pop culture references in there which definitely helps make the show you know keep the show current yeah which i think has contributed that well i definitely contributed to the show's longevity yeah and I think the fact that it just has such a devoted fan base, like Patrick, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and and it keeps it. You know, some shows are, you know, some episodes are better than others, but mm-hmm. it's still funny. Yeah, like it's still good. Like you know, Patrick and I still watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, we'll even watch old episodes and stuff that I've seen a hundred times, and I'll still laugh my ass off. That scene from when they want to, uh, they're trying to join the country club. And everybody's all dressed up nice, and they're just like, oh, they probably wouldn't let us in their club anyways. And they have, like, the big banner you see inside the club, and it's like, welcome, Simpsons. And, you know, uh, Mr. Burns makes a cake for Homer, and (laughs) it says, welcome, Homer, and it looks terrible. And Smithers goes and takes a bite out of it, and he takes a bite, and he's just like, well, and the the sound he makes (laughs) and the face he makes... I lose my shit every single time. I've probably seen it 50,000 times. And every sing- it's just as funny now as it is the first time. And the jokes are so goddamn clever. Like I was telling you about the, uh, the, the DVD You're set. You're like a walkie um, cyclopedia of Simpsons jokes. Well, it's like the, uh, the, the joke I was telling you about today when... You know, and I wish we had brought it up during our King Kong episode. And, like, that's one of my biggest regrets <laughs> that we didn't do this is, you know, they parodied King Kong, but with Homer. And they're, you know, they show three guys, like, climbing up a smokestack. It's Lenny, Carl, and Charlie, the three guys that Homer works with at the nuclear plant. Or three of the guys, I should say. And they're sitting there and, like, I hear we're going to Ape Island. Somebody else is like, yeah, to capture a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Candy Apple Island? What do they got there? Apes? They're just not so big. You know, so it's like it's uh it's there's so many and the guest stars that they have had on this show. Yeah. Sometimes they play themselves, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they play themselves but don't get credited as themselves. Like for example, the character of Mr. Bergstrom is 
one million percent Dustin Hoffman, but he's credited as Sam Edick or Semitic. You know, a play on the word for being Jewish. Uh, the Michael Jackson episode was really Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. but the singing part was not. The singing part was his uh, authorized sound alike and was credited as John J. Smith. You know, and then, you know, sometimes you have people playing themselves. In one episode, you have Keith, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, uh, Brian Seltzer. Well, what does he say? He's like, excuse me, Mr. Seltzer? Uh, it's Seltzer. No, I'm pretty sure it's Seltzer. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, Elvis Costello, Tom Petty. All of those guys in the same episode. Another episode, you've got Tom Brady, Yao Ming, Michelle Kwan, yeah. LeBron James, and Warren Sapp. You know, like, they get huge stars. Maggie's first word, the only word that she's spoken canonically, not counting the, 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 the Halloween specials, because Halloween specials aren't supposed to count. Uh, the only word she's ever spoken, the word daddy, she was voiced by Elizabeth Taylor. They got Elizabeth Taylor on to do one line, and you had no idea it's Liz Taylor. Like, that's insane. I mean, the episode I was telling you about uh, that I had you watch, Krusty's comeback special. Mm-hmm. Liz Taylor, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Johnny Carson, Matt Medler, Luke Perry, yeah, and Luke Perry as his that Luke Perry of Krusty. sideshow Luke Perry. I made a dog. What'd you make? A working 18th century car- <laughs> carousel made it out of balloons. But when he he's imagining shooting him out of a cannon and right into a wall, and then like they show the picture and like it's not people, it's Peephole magazine. Of like the smashed up Luke Perry face, mm-hmm. that gets me every friggin' time because that shit's funny. They've been able to stay fresh because they do tackle you know current events. And how many times have you heard the Simpsons did it thing? Like, or you know, WAF used to do the you know they obscure like Simpsons it. reference. Yeah. But like, there's at this point, there's pretty much no topic you can talk about. Without saying, well, on The Simpsons, how often do I do that at work when we're talking about stuff? I think probably 20 times a day. Give or take. But at the same time, like, a lot of shows that are out now owe a lot to The Simpsons because The Simpsons were pretty much the blueprint Mm -hmm. for the animated TV comedy. So... Prime time. Yeah. Prime time, yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't have... Your F is for Family, your Bob's Burgers. Family Guy, The yeah. Cleveland Show. The American Dad. Um, King of Hill. No, that's not King, King of King of the Hill. Yeah, King of the Hill, you know. And a lot of it came from Fox, too. Like, yeah. yeah, a lot of animated shows came from Fox. I mean, you know, like you said, there is a... Uh, in the episode that I mentioned earlier today uh, about when Krusty's singing Pagliacci in Italy... Homer, they're they're in Italy, and Homer's trying to look up a, a, a phrase in a phrase book, an Italian phrase book, and they're flipping through, and they get to the word plagiarismo, <laughs> and there's a picture of uh, Peter Griffin, <laughs> and then you flip the page, and it says plagiar well plagiarismo de plagiarismo plagiarism of plagiarism, and it's Stan from American Dad, <laughs> you know. I mean, and they they joke about it, but they also acknowledge some of these things. Yeah. Like, you know, what he was saying, uh, Mike was saying earlier about all the Simpsons gear everywhere. They've acknowledged that in a couple of episodes, like the behind the laughter episode, where it's like, you know, they were kind of going overboard with it. But it's like, you know, here's the shirt. And, you know, there's a shirt where it says, don't have a cow. And there's another shirt that says, get a mammogram, man. You know, like just to, they're they're self-referential. Like, they understand the popularity of the show, but they also don't take it so seriously. So, I mean, that's... I mean, what did you guys think? I mean, I know you... You know, you had to watch Simpsons with me, like, all the time. But, Agent Nicole, this was really your first foray into a Krusty-centric episode. Yeah. What did you think of, like, who he is as a person? Like, what stood out in this episode where like all I could just think of is like what I said with um with Mike is like he's that 
person that you're not supposed to like, but you you know that there's something good in him and like you just it's just like it's like that guilty pleasure. Like yes. you, you're not supposed to have it, but when you have it, you love it. And you just can't stop going back to it. It was just like a guilty pleasure. Like he's like Krusty, I kept trying to say Krusty the Crab, but it's not Krusty the Crab. Krusty <laughs> the Crab. I say I'm like Krusty Crab. No, Krusty the Clown. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, I've, it wasn't like The Simpsons was, is like foreign to me. It was like, I know a lot of people who watch The Simpsons. Like I had a history teacher in ninth grade who was obsessed with The Simpsons. So it's like, it's not like The Simpsons is not, um, uncommon to me I just like I've never invested the time and the few episodes that I have seen in the past were just like okay yeah I could, it's funny but like I'm so I'm like I'm so drawn to other ones that I kind of just stepped away from the Simpsons and it's a shame that I did that because it's you know I could see the appeal to it it has and I could see the jokes and like how often it, it's reference in like pop culture and like you see it everywhere and so like uh, i will start watching it like i'll start from the beginning i mean once i get my fucking internet back but you know it's i can it's such a a beautiful art form like it has such a huge impact in a lot of people's lives it's obviously a huge impact in your life and like i can respect that i mean i look at the Simpsons as one of those shows. It's a generational show. It's mm-hmm. like every once in a while you come across a show that is just so important to popular culture. Mm-hmm. So important because they tackle all these issues that not every other sh- like South Park. Fox. Would be- well, South Park definitely. Fox is one of those networks that, you know, if we look at the current political climate, Fox is a very powerful influence on, you know, the way things are today. You know, for better or worse, mostly worse, Fox is an influence. If you look at everything that The Simpsons have done, they are the only show that is permitted to badmouth Fox or make fun of Fox mm-hmm. or look at Fox and, and present them in a poor light at all. Like, mm-hmm. And they've taken dozens of jabs. Like yeah. Homer's at the Internet Cafe. He's like, oh, I invested in something called News Corp. Dad, that's Fox. Ah, undo, undo. You know, or, you know, the, the Fox satellite, you know, and it's, you know, this broken down satellite that's barely in orbit being held up by balloons, you know, like they're constantly making, and you know, they make fun of themselves. They make fun of, uh, religion is a big thing. Like there's so much, uh, so many religious overtones all the time in these episodes, but you know, they, you know, they, uh, they make fun of everybody. You know, there's like the episode. No one's safe. Right. You know, like, the episode where Homer loses his faith and believes he's speaking to God and they're like, like, Oh no, everybody came together, you know, all religions, whether they be Christian Jew or, uh, and he looks at a poo miscellaneous. He's like <laughs> Hindu, sir. There are 700 million of us. Oh, that's super. You know, they're, they're always, you know, even, you know, like, I know. I there's. I could go on and on for hours about The Simpsons, and we don't. We don't have hours, so I don't want. Oh, I mean, I do want to, but I find this uh, to be a very compelling show to talk about because there is so much material on it. You know. You know. I think we could have spent two or three hours just on Krusty, and he's not even you know, the main focal point of the show, but there's so much material. You know, it's like talking about a, a comic book character. Like, we spent two and a half hours on, or almost two and a half hours on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because there's so much source material. He's not, you know, a Batman or a Superman or a Spider-Man that's got, you know, 67 different books about him and dozens of movies. But he's got all this source material and he's a very interesting character. And I think that's what we try to do on this show where we try to come up with a way of looking at a character that, you know, like everybody knows who Krusty the Clown is. Even if you don't watch the show, you recognize Krusty the Clown. And where, you know, we have, you know, just between the three of us, we have this, these three tiers of knowledge of the character. There's, you know, you, Agent Nicole, who's, you know, this is just, uh, you know, you're just kind of delving into this character. Like, you don't know his, his deep backstory. You don't know his relationship with his wives or that he was played by Fivish Finkel in the TV movie about his life and his disastrous marriage to Mia Farrow. Uh, you know, and then Ashes, you're, you know, significantly more advanced from where Nicole is, but you're still like way behind me. Well, I don't think anybody is up to your caliber at this point. Maybe the best darn diddly guys. Um, there's, there's a couple, yeah. But I mean, you're just kind of like upper echelon. Like Uber, you could, if they had a, fan. if they had a Simpsons course. In college, you'd be the professor. Well, yes. Some places do. They have Simpsons courses where they're teaching politics or philosophy or religion, and they use, they they literally use uh, the whole curriculum is Simpsons episodes. Like they take up an entire semester with this is where you know BC does that. BC, I think it's a philosophy class at BC Boston College, where the whole class is just watching. Simpsons episodes and they even parodied that in one of their episodes where Lisa goes to uh Lisa goes to college she she does the gymnast thing and everyone thinks that she's you know much older because she's you know the same size as all the other gymnasts even though she's 8 and they're watching uh their version of the Simpsons they're watching Itchy and Scratchy and it's being taught as a, as a teaching tool, instead of like a book, they are using uh, itchy and scratchy episodes. Like it's fantastic, and I love it. And you know, we're getting we're getting close to a hundred episodes. We've only done three Simpsons shows, counting this one. So, like, we need to do more. We definitely will be doing an F is for Family show. Yes, mm-hmm. because. That show, if you haven't checked it out, please do. First two seasons are streaming on Netflix. The first five minutes of the show ends with, you know, has Bill Burr screaming about how he doesn't need an engraved Bible. It's fucking awesome. They are foul mouth. The whole family's foul. And Bill Burr is the main the main character. He's the dad. Then you got Laura Dern as his wife. Justin Long as his oldest son, and his neighbor is Sam Rockwell. Like, but he looks like a slightly more grown-up version and cartoon version of Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. So it's kind of like if that right, '70s show right. was animated, and instead of focusing on the kids, they focus more on the parents. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what it's like. No restraint on language or content. Oh, like, no. they're planning uh, uh, to have everybody over to watch a, a big uh, boxing match. And, like, they're going through their day, you know, like, Frank is taking a shit. And, like, you hear, you know, shit plop into the toilet. And then, you know, he's he's banging his wife. And they're, you know, talking about deviled eggs. It's like, yeah, you're going to stuff that deviled egg? Yeah, I'm going to stuff that deviled egg. You know, like... It's just like a conversation, like one conversation that just takes place over like three hours about how they're going to get everything. To- and it's it's so well done. It's so well done. Uh, so. I think we've uh, we've gone on for long enough because yeah. I could go for another two or three weeks on The Simpsons. Um, so I think what we should do is we should. uh 
I was too amped up. I didn't. I didn't do a science fact for this one. I, I was talking too much about. Well, we have a battle, and that's I more know important we have a than battle, the science fact. But I'm right just now. saying we're going to get into our, back. our battle, and uh, I'm hoping we can get a little a sound clip to accompany our uh, our battles in the future from our good friend Sandy, because I think that would be a fun little clip to play when you guys say your thing. But uh, right now, I think we're gonna we're gonna get into the battle. And so, if you guys want to do your thing, even though I don't have a sound clip, uh, you can. Why don't you get into the battle? Oh, Baker, can you just stop talking? So no, I'm excited. You ready? I am ready. Three, two, one. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. Okay, kids. So today. We have the Battle of the Kids Show Clowns. We have Bozo the Clown versus Krusty the Clown in a laugh-off. We want to know who's got the jokes. Well, I already know who I'm going with. You know, like... Biased. Well, I mean, who who's a better, who's a better you know, kids show host? Like, if you're going to tune in... Who are you gonna who who would you rather tune in and listen to go on and on? I mean, Krusty did invent the stingy and battery show when Krusty the when uh, Itchy and Scratchy were no good because he was coming at you live from the civil defense shack, beaming out twelve watts of wackiness with Professor Gascan and former president Ike Eisenhower. Let's get busy. I vaguely remember watching reruns of the Bozo the Clown Show. I, mm, I don't know. Mm, I don't remember. I've seen clips, but I have not seen Bozo the Clown. He's funny. Yeah. Mm. Clown stuff. Just clowning around. Ah, there we go. <laughs> so... That'll be our. You have a, a specific title: Battle of the Kids Show Clowns. Yeah. Not jerk off. No, I was. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something like because Krusty's a jerk and other characters are jerk, and I was like, oh, Battle he's an jerk aggressive off. jerk. I'm like, what if we had an aggressive jerk off? Then I was like, no, that's a different thing. So we are not that kind of show. We are a different kind that's of show. Extra. Yeah, that's for the Patreon that we're coming up with later yeah. on. <laughs> Not for a while. Uh, so I think with uh, that being said, I want to one more time thank Mike Price for coming on and joining us. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we we do have a preview. We do know what we're covering that's next week. Because you're turning old. So next week we are actually recording the day after my birthday. And we are going to be covering one of my favorite characters, Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Patsy's going to go bananas. Yep. It's going to be ape shit up in here. And uh, I think we're going to have a special guest joining us. Down down south? From down south. Yeah, he's a, he's a big, uh, big fan of the, the Planet of the Apes film. So... Uh, Grab your bananas. I want to. I want to uh, confirm it before we before we say anything. But we will make an announcement, and there will be a very special giveaway. So, is this the giveaway you were telling me? Or, oh yeah. Yes. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. So, I think with that being said, we will <laughs> see, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> 